Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast. If you're trying to figure out marketing for your startup, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, we go high level, looking at the intersection of branding, data, and leadership to offer you a marketing playbook to grow and scale. Join me each week for in-depth interviews, tactical advice, and practical trainings. Hi, I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, veteran marketer and startup enthusiast. I promise to bring my experience and curiosity to each episode. Then together, we'll peel back the onion on this ever-changing discipline that is marketing. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Okay, welcome to this week's episode of the Marketing for Startups podcast. I'm your host, as always, Victoria Hajar, and today we are talking about how the heck do you actually find your potential clients and customers? How do you actually fill that pipeline to start selling? And this is a question that actually came from you all out in the community. So please, this is just a reminder that if you ever have anything that you'd like me to talk about on the podcast or explain or help you with, just send me a DM. I'm always on LinkedIn. You can reach me at Victoria Hajar. I hang out on Instagram as well at Ugly Ventures, U-G-L-I, Ventures, all one word. I'm in the DMs there. And I'm also now on TikTok. I'm actually posting a video every single day, which is a marketing tip of the day, which is a lot of fun and just been hanging out with people over there as well. So this is a question that came from someone in the community on TikTok, and I thought it would be awesome to just really break it down on some specific tactics you can use to get in front of new potential clients at low cost. So we're going to go through that today. But before we start, I wanted to share with you some really cool news. I made a totally free but super duper awesome um go-to-market strategy checklist. So you can actually grab it for yourself at Ugly Ventures, U-G-L-I-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S backslash go to market, all one word, G-O-T-O-M-A-R-K-E-T. If you go to that URL, you can um, get the link for this checklist. And it's such a cool checklist. It's an interactive checklist. So you can go through all of the steps of building your go-to-market strategy to sort of launch your product or relaunch your product. So it's not just for founders that are building their marketing strategy from scratch. It's also a really great tool for kind of revising what you already have and upgrading and improving it. So uglyventures.com backslash go to market. I would love for you to check it out. It has a video in there. I actually am on video and there's an interactive checklist where you kind of click on things and it gives you more information and it really helps you sort of organize all the steps to have a buttoned up go to market strategy and in turn a marketing strategy. So go check that out. All right, let's go ahead and get into the episode because we're talking about how the heck do you get in front of new audience anyway to start filling your pipeline and actually making sales. So what we want to what I want to do to start is sort of explain to you that there are a lot of different ways to get in front of potential clients. That is that's absolutely true. And you should always be brainstorming creative ways to get in front of new potential clients. But all of these ways tend to fall into three main buckets. Okay. The first is advertising. The second is SEO. And the third is partnerships. So today we're going to focus on partnerships because I think that there's a lot of ways that you can leverage 
other people's audiences through different kinds of partnerships to get in front of new audience at a at a reasonable cost or really low cost or sometimes no cost at all. So we're going to dig into that. But before we do, let's let's kind of dive into the other two options, which is advertising and SEO. So advertising is probably what everyone thinks of first when they're launching their business. The thing that they need to to do is get on ads and that's going to bring in all of their leads. And there is some danger in relying 100% on ads. You actually don't want to build a, a business that's only dependent on generating leads through ads because ads can be super unreliable, as we saw last year, like the Armageddon of of uh, private data and um, targeting was terrible and it, it was a nightmare. But anyway, we don't really have a lot of control over the platforms and if they're going to be able to be like super effective forever. So, of course, adverts, ads are super important to have and to start with. And it's a really great way to get leads, of course, but it shouldn't be your only way to get leads. But I wanted to have a couple comments on ads as of course ads can get expensive, but there is some lag time with ads that sometimes I don't think is talked about a lot. So ads, is it's not like you just kind of start the ads and they start getting you your perfect client, like tons and tons of leads. There is a bit of learning on both the ad platform side and on the creative side, on the marketing side. So on the marketing side, you need to make sure that you're putting out the right copy that's going to connect with your target client, the right copy that's going to entice that target client to actually click, that the graphics or the video or whatever the creative is, is, is clear and also enticing, and that whatever you're putting out as an ad once it's clicked like makes sense for what the landing page is and that the landing page converts right so there are like some moving parts to getting it right with ads and then the second piece is that there is some time it takes for the platform right the ad platform to learn about you and your brand and the audience that you want to connect with so obviously when if you or someone is setting up your ads, there's all sorts of customization that you can um, put in, that you can like, you know, the, the customization settings for the kind of audience you want to target. That That's all there. But there is like this learning period for the platform to truly understand like, okay, what type of audience is actually going to click? What kind of, in what ways they can give you the best results? And sometimes like the first month or two or even three of running ads is like a little bit wonky because of these um, these elements on both sides, these variables on both sides. So keep that in mind. Um, all that said, though, ads is is really important to have running, and I would suggest having it, them running as as early as you can, even for a small budget, because you want to have um, the all of the great information, right? Just kind of all of that great data, just like gathering. And the longer over a longer period of time that you have the data, um, the more accurate, the better the data is going to be. So when you do, you know, decide to put more budget into ads, you want the ads ready to scale. You don't want it to be like in that learning period. So uh, that's my advice on ads. The second piece is SEO, right? So we're talking about ways to find potential clients. SEO is awesome because SEO, which is search engine optimization, is basically the way in which your 
website or a piece of content on your website, like a blog, is going to show up in search results on Google or whatever search engine, but it's basically just Google, right? And so what you want to make sure is that the static copy on your website and all of the back end um, settings are in line with the search uh, results, the keywords that you want to show up for. So that's a really important process and one that usually people go through when they're setting up their website and that's pretty standard practice. If you haven't done that, I definitely would recommend getting someone who's a specialist in SEO to take a peek and do an audit on your site because you want those basic settings there. But what I'm talking about in terms of lead gen is running a SEO program, okay? And what that entails is creating content on a continual basis that's going to satisfy right, answer the search queries for your potential client. And why that is such a good strategy is that when someone is typing something in a search bar, you know that they're, they're like ready to buy almost. I mean, they're more ready to buy than just seeing an advertisement on social media because you have that intention, right, behind the action. So if someone's searching for something, right, depending on the keywords they use, you'll be able to determine like how ready they are to buy, right? So if they're at the point where they're like vaguely looking for an answer to a vague question that they have, okay, perhaps they're not ready to buy. But if they're doing like a price comparison on two different software tools, you can rest assured that they're in that decision phase, right? They're making their decision for which you know, software they're going to purchase. So depending on the keywords that are used, the search queries that they use, you can tell how ready that prospect is to buy. And so an SEO program is going to be creating content, right, for those search queries. So when someone is um, searching in Google that your website comes up as an answer to their question as a solution, right? And you're going to get in front of that prospect like at the exact right time. And a full SEO program is actually going to be creating content. So maybe in the form of a blog article, right? Each and every week, that's actually going to address the bottom, middle, and the top of the funnel for these clients. So as I said, someone could be, these potential clients could be searching something super broad in general, but it is about your, the pain point of your target client and vaguely about, you know, the service. It could be um, about the service or product that you have. So at the bottom of the funnel, uh, sorry, at the, sorry, at the bottom of the funnel, um, no, at the, sorry, at the top of the, now I'm getting myself confused. The top of the funnel is going to be people that are very, are further away from purchasing. So top of the funnel content is really just that. It's like you're helping put the pieces together for that prospect. You know, this is what they think their problem is, but you know what their problem really is. You're trying to help them see what their problem really is. Middle of the funnel content starts to offer solutions, right, for what that pro what their real problem is. And then that bottom of the funnel content, the bottom funnels when people are much more primed and ready to buy, is really content that showcases how your specific product or service is the solution they need, right? And it's it's important and interesting to be running all of that kind of content. So the problem though with SEO is that it's often it often takes months, if not years, to kind of reap the rewards of an SEO program. And that's why a lot of people don't do it, which is a huge mistake because once that does start churning, 
right? Once that does start help your, helping your organic leads, it is a wonderful, wonderful source for lead gen. It just is. It's like for anyone that has been in business for a while who did a good job setting up their SEO, they'll tell you that organic traffic could be actually the majority of where their leads come from, which is really cool. Because when you're first starting out in business, that's that's very rare that your organic traffic would be really feeding you with with your majority of leads. So that's advertising and SEO. And I think it's important to have that background because we're going to talk now about partnerships, but I believe strongly that it is essential to have all three of these strategies running in order to have a strong lead gen program. Okay, so let's talk now about partnerships. So what is partnerships anyway? Partnership is really the process of leveraging other people's audiences in order to get your message, your brand in front of new people, right? So we can think of partners as um, as organizations, other organizations. We can think of partners as different, different brands, okay? Or it could be an individual, like an influencer, someone that has like a large following on social media or a large following on their website, something like that. Um, and it could just simply be like your network, your personal network. But when we're thinking about building partnerships, we want to understand which of which organizations and brands and, and influencers serve your target client, okay, that have a larger audience than you. It doesn't have to necessarily be exponentially larger. It could be incrementally larger, right? But it's the the act of, of finding those potential partners that have a bigger audience than you. And so you can get your message in front of them and attract more leads into your business. So how exactly do you do that? So we're going to talk about three specific ways that you can leverage partnerships to help fill your sales pipeline. And these are kind of like strategies, playbooks that I've run with clients and seen some really amazing results. And I think it's the kind of tactics that often are not talked about. So that's also why I wanted to bring it up in this podcast. So let's first back up. How do we find partners? So if you're kind of sitting there being like, okay, that's great, but I have no idea who would be a partner for me. So as I said, you want to kind of look at your personal network and the broader communities that you're involved in. So like get on LinkedIn or even in your life, like look at the brands that you consume, um, the blogs, the influencers that you follow, right? And just think, who here is serving my target client but are not a direct competitor of mine, right? And you kind of want to broaden the scope a little bit, right? Because your potential client is a human being that has a multifaceted life that could need many different solutions, right? And so is there a partner that you can uh, collaborate with that has a complementary solution to what your product or service is? That's wonderful because both brands, both companies, both both entities could be serving the client at the same time, but offering them something different so they're not in competition with each other. So in the beginning of this process, I would suggest like sitting down pen and paper, you know, and just writing down a list of all of these potential partners, right? And you can kind of scour LinkedIn. You can even keep a notepad on your desk over a couple days and just be conscious of like the content that you consume that your target client may also be interested in and you'll start shaping 
up a nice list of potential collaborators, right? So let's talk about three specific ways we can actually start leveraging these partnerships. So the first, the first is super obvious, okay? So don't roll your eyes here. I'm sure this is, this is like news you know, but I think post-COVID, maybe we forgot a little bit about this, but like in real life events and conferences is a wonderful way to get in front of new audience. And conferences and events are back in action. I mean, it is, there are so many huge like events that are just coming back, right? So there is that opportunity and for, and it's a, it's kind of the traditional route, but it is the steadfast route. So joining relevant conferences and events, but finding ways to sort of up your marketing presence at the events is a great, a great way to gain more exposure. So this could be like actually investing in a sponsorship package where you put like swag in the swag bag, right? Or um, making the effort to see if you could be a speaker at the event or be participating in a panel. You can even offer yourself up as a moderator um, for something. Uh, a lot of events offer like pri like smaller s sessions, like breakout sessions that you could host or be a part of. So I would really say like explore all of those options because again, there's just a way to meet people face to face and meeting people face to face is always going to yield like higher conversion, right? Because you have that personal touch and you can kind of dig into people's situations in real time and offer solutions and introduce your company. So you can't exclude those uh, in real life events. But let's talk about something maybe a little bit more interesting or something you haven't considered yet. And that is virtual events. So it is so easy to host a virtual event with a partner and offer something that's going to add value um, but makes sense for both of your companies, right? So you can do this in the form of a webinar you can, you can host a webinar around a certain topic with your partner. You could do an interview, right? You could kind of do an interview style where you're interviewing the partner about something, which could also be really interesting. Um, or you could do an actual training. You can kind of teach on something that adds value to your target client. And the benefit of doing the virtual event with a partner is that the partner is also going to be promoting the event through their social networks and through their email list. And so if that partner has a bigger list than you or even a comparable list of brand new people, it's going to be, a, this would be a, basically a free way of getting your name in front of um, those potential customers that you know are right fit. And the other really great thing about partners uh, doing a partnership like this is that you know, the audience and the email list of that of your partner, um, that partner has a established relationship with the list. So more so than ads, right, which are basically like there's little context, right? When someone sees your ads, you just kind of have to connect on the message or the graphic or what that ad is, right? And really be good at the pain point in order to connect, like, sorry, good at communicating the pain point and the solution in order to grab the attention of your of your prospect. But with partners, it's like you already know this is a huge group of your perfect client. Like you already know the pro their profile. You already know, um, you know, you have your partner who has maybe experience working with them directly. So you have a lot more intelligence over that that group of people than you do maybe on um, on 
uh, on ads. So yeah, running joint events. And there's a million of creative things that you can do, but you can also run joint events in real life, right? Um, but anything you do in real life, you want to make sure you're either exchanging information, right? Getting those business cards, if people even still have business cards, or connecting on LinkedIn so you can continue to like foster the relationship. But I would suggest having something to offer, right? So if it's in real life, having like a card or something that's going to offer a discount or a free resource or whatever by, you know, giving them a landing page so you can collect their email address, right? So you yourself can kind of own the contact and build the relationship. But we'll talk a little bit more about that as we move on. So events is the first suggestion, running events. How creative can you be on running events with partners and, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's inexpensive and easy to execute. So that's events. The second, and this is like a strategy that I think is, is super underutilized. And this is doing an email exchange with a brand or corporation or influencer. So what does that mean? It's basically running a promotional email through someone else's email list. Okay. And why is this a good option? Well, email communication is a really intimate way to connect with audience. Actually, it's like much more intimate than social. And for brands that have like a really strong thriving email list, they'll tell you that their current list is where the majority of their customers come from, right? That, and that is awesome because that list is warmed up, right? That list has like no and trust factor. That list has been nurtured and you know, you're priming them with the in the way that you're nurturing them to be ready to purchase with you. So when you're uh, running this strategy, what you want to do is say, okay, you can do an exchange with a brand saying they can put together a promotional, uh, a promotion to run through your email list, and they'll do the same for you. And in this, this promotional email, you're going to want to have, you know, copy that is in the brand voice of whomever is you know, who your partner is. So a lot of times the partner will actually uh, do the copy, like they'll write the email themselves, and then, you know, get it run by you for approval, but you're going to want to have some promotion in there, which is like either, you know, a call to action to like book that call or demo if you feel like that's appropriate, or giving them something of value in the form of like a lead magnet or a discount um, to help sort of move them into action. And then, you know, vice versa, you would do the same for them. Now, if you don't have an email list, that's not going to be really attractive for a partner to swap with you, right? If the partner has a strong and thriving email list and you don't have anyone on your email list, this isn't a strategy you can run, but there are options. What oftentimes is done is that brands, especially when they're first starting out, will ask to run this strategy um, and pay for it. So you can approach brands and say, hey, would you run a promotional email through your list? You can control the creative. You can control the copy. You can control, you know, how your brand is represented and, and the relationship, right? And I'll pay for that. Um, and, you know, depending on what industry you're in, this could be a strategy that, like, brands had never heard of before. And so actually could be a cool opportunity to to 
have like maybe they wouldn't even know what to charge or maybe they would charge like not a very a very large amount so it's interesting to experiment with but for brands that have done this of course they maybe would have like a rate card or something but it's something I would definitely suggest looking into because it would get you you know perhaps would even get higher return than ads because of everything I mentioned before, right? Warmer audience, there's that like no and trust factor. Um, and depending on the list size, you could get some really great results. A caveat there is that you're going to, you know, if you're going to pay, you're going to want them to share like their list size, their click through rate, their, um, their open rates, all of that stuff to make sure that you're paying for um, exposure to a list that's actually going to really respond, right? And then, of course, verify that the people on that list are, in fact, your target, okay? So that's an email exchange strategy. And then the last one is sort of the same thing, but just on social media. So this is sort of how a lot of usually, you know, e-com brands, when they're engaging with influencers, they run this strategy, which is essentially asking an influencer, paying an influencer, or bartering with influencer to simply run ads like that they create or create content on behalf of of you and run it through their social platforms. So you could do it as an exchange as well. I've seen this done, which is really cool is if you, um, I've seen this done like inside Facebook groups as well. So if both brands have Facebook groups, that's kind of a more intimate setting. You can kind of run an exchange there or just exchange content on each other's platforms. But again, if one platform, if your platform doesn't have any followers and the partner does, then this would be probably more like a paid engagement. Um, and this is a wonderful way to get people to your social accounts. It's it's not usually the best in sending people to like a website or a landing page directly or getting them to book a call right away. It's a little bit of a backdoor strategy, but what you would want to do if you do run the strategy is make sure once people get to your profile, right, on the social platform, that it's very clear um, that you have a, maybe a lead magnet or offer for them or very clear a link to find out more and all of that stuff. So it can be uh, super cool and sort of growing your social following and all that stuff. But you want to make sure that you have put in an, like a conscious effort to convert that social following into click-throughs to your website or into actual paying customers or book demos. So those are the three strategies I wanted to share with you, right? That is running events with partners, doing email exchanges with partners, or doing uh, social media exchange with partners as well. So I would love to hear from you. Is there any more questions you have about running this strategy with partners or any other questions you have about finding your target audience? I would love to hear from you. Send me a DM and I can always make some more content um, that's tailored to exactly what your question is. So before we go, though, I do want to announce one more thing. So if you're kind of sitting here wanting to pull your hair out and saying like, oh, this marketing is overwhelming and I'm stressed and I just want someone to kind of hold my hand and guide me through it, I would love to share with you that this September I'll be launching something called the Marketing Strategy School Cohort, where it's a six-week program where I'm going to walk hand-in-hand with you to put together every single piece of your marketing strategy so your marketing flywheel is set up and it's churning and working without any 
stress or additional effort. And I will also teach you how to monitor the performance of every part of your marketing strategy and give you some guidance on exactly what tweaks you need to make to assure that your marketing strategy is truly giving you the best return that it can and that you're getting positive ROI on all of your marketing efforts. So if you're interested in getting on the wait list, you can check out Ugly Ventures, U-G-L-I-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S dot com backslash waitlist. Waitlist, all in word, W-A-I-T-L-I-S-T. So um, I'm so happy you joined me today. I hope this was helpful. And if you think that there's an entrepreneurial friend you may have or someone that you know that is really struggling with doing lead generation and getting in front of audience, it would mean so much to me if you share this episode with them. I would love to bring them into my world and help them work through their biggest marketing challenges. All right. See you next week. You did it. You made it to the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking around with me and listening all the way to the end. I really appreciate you as an audience member, and I hope that you found this helpful. If you did like this episode, it would mean so, so much to me if you subscribed, if you rate and review this podcast. It helps other people know that this podcast has something worth saying. It also would be super awesome if you could take a screenshot and share on Instagram and tag me at Ugly Ventures, U-G-L-I Ventures, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. I am always so appreciative to hear from you and I hope to see you back here next week on the Marketing for Startups podcast.